Because I think that there is this like corporate shift that will like this corporate breakthrough, this corporate place of like the mission statement of like being brought to a deeper level of maturity. But it requires all of us being willing to do our part to be positioned and also say that story is doing in the body. And because he wants to answer the yearning and the heart cries, he wants to heal the pain and bring us into the experience of the healing, not just in our minds or not just knowing it's true at some point. But he really wants to bring us into that experience. Yeah. I think probably the one thing that I I look at those five things lifted up there. I see the word joy. Jesus, others, and in yourself. And I think if we can grasp um, the thought of somebody telling a story that's funny, it's laugh. Everybody laughs. It's, you know. And get involved and it seems like sometimes you, you watch people get tickled and they laugh and it makes you laugh because they're laughing because it's contagious and so is something called investing in others and I think really one of the foundational principles that we have had in our church has been people investing in others and I think now we're to a place where we need to be healthy and making sure that who we're invested in knows that they should be invested in somebody else. And I think one of the things that we overlook sometimes is the fact that we get to be privileged to be a part of God's family 24-7, which means whether we're in sickness or in health. Whether we're laying low or we got wealth, it doesn't matter. Mm. That our responsibility is to share Jesus in that time. Because there's always something for somebody else. I used to go, I was in sales for a long, long time, and we'd have meetings. And people said, same old, same old, blah, blah, blah. And finally, somebody popped up and said, listen, if you don't need any help, be here to help somebody else. And we're in Christ, it's not about us. It's about what can we do to grow others. It's really not about AOX. It's about Jesus. You know, and the opportunities that we've got, we will be held accountable for. And I don't say that like the police are watching you. No, I'm saying that because Jesus made me the way he made me. And he, he allows me to be where I'm at so I can help somebody else who's in my same situation. Brad mentioned that we came from a family that didn't know Jesus. My daddy knew alcohol. But in the midst of us others being saved first, daddy saw Jesus. And, and you know, it's just, it's what we do for others. And the other thing I think is that there's not a person in this room, I don't care who you are, that don't from time to time enjoy a pat on the back. And I think one of the things we need to do is make sure that we're lifting up each other. The last commandment Jesus gave us was to love one another. And we're supposed to like Jesus, so it's sacrificial. Mm. Not always something we just walk up to somebody and say, well, I love you. you know, it's doing something for people that are in need. So that's what I'm saying. Okay. So 
I woke up at like 5.30 this morning, yesterday, yesterday morning, <laughs> and I was like, I need to pray for these questions before everybody woke up, because I was like, it's good support. I feel like over the past season, we praying that we would be ready to move into a place to be healthy mm. as a collective community. And as I kind of drove through these questions, I thought, okay, what does it look like um, to focus on you know, people feeling more confident in inside of other people? And I think it's just hearing your stories and testimonies. I had somebody come to me recently who said, wow, so you're the type of bride, Brad cycled you, and you just cycled me, and now I can cycle this person. And it's like, wow, that's, that's powerful. Like, I feel like those stories are important. But it's also like, how do we equip the body to be ready? It's like, as you're being, it's like, if you're like, oh, I'm afraid I'm being discipled, you look for somebody who wants to disciple you, right? And like, look and yearn for like, God, I don't know what this looks like, but teach me. Yeah, and like, come around and ask other people, like, hey, you know anybody that, like, you know, can invest in me? And I just think it's really important to, like, not just check ourselves out of this and, like, I don't know what this looks like. But it's really important for us as a community to be healthy is to, I feel like these five questions kind of to me get into like us being healthier as a community, which leads us to deeper connection with each other, which leads us, and we should just read the whole book of First John, but like leads us to <laughs> repenting, right? Going through like living in the light, right? Not walking in pride, not walking in deceitfulness. And then from there, as you get healthy out of the overflow. We share with others who Jesus is, right? And for many of us, we either like are super, super busy or we have kids who can barely keep up with things. And it's like, God doesn't want us to live in burnout, but wants us to live connected as family on mission, right? And that starts with like us owning our walk with the Lord. Because I'm like, man, I guess I gotta get up early because I know I gotta do dishes. I know we gotta clean today. I know we gotta do this. I know we gotta do that. I know we're hanging out with whoever. And so I was like, okay, Lord, like, I just really see the Lord giving us uh, new rhythms. I think what this fellow shared was exciting. New rhythms of how we can connect together. And also places where we can come and connect more. Whether that's a simple church. Whether that's a Sunday morning gathering. Places where we can connect and be reconnected as we get healthier. Um, and as we move deeper into the So, um, I wrote a way more than what I can say in these five questions. But... That's kind of the summary. By the way, if you've written things down, please make sure you get them to me and I'll share them. Um, I, I, I have this one. Who, who else has something to share? Robert, who was going to Robert? Hello. Um, I feel like the one thing that the Lord has been consistently speaking over these past couple of weeks and in this past 10 days of like prayer and fasting um, it's just really putting an emphasis on like not neglecting like the gathering of the saints and I feel like I as I've been going through just a lot of journal entries and things of my journey in AOX when I first came here it's like I feel like there were two things that were really foundational in getting like plugged into community and plugged into family and all these things and it's like the first one was being Katie's Simple Church at the time like I remember we were just talking about this the other day where it's like the first time I came here I was like I was petrified and really nervous <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um, but just really seeing how pivotal that was because it, like, it felt like it was foundational for my journey here. And then from there, like moving on to Grand Street. And I know there are a few people here that would come to this, but like I really stepped out of my comfort zone and like would have breakfast before church. And I would just invite people over. We'd have eggs and bacon and pancakes. And I feel like that's how I got really connected with the Paxton's initially and with Justin Loretta. Um, 
and I feel like just like seeing the beauty of this and like really leaning into the beauty of collective gatherings, whether it's two or three or it's 70 to 120. Um, and I think with like the foundation of community and the foundation of family, uh, I want to share just a piece of this. It's like, I feel like for a season, Anna and I walked through like a season of darkness in our relationship, but it's like, <laughs> but it's like at the other side of this woods, it's like we've come back to a place where I feel like we can run together again. And it's like seeing the faithfulness and seeing the love of family. It's like really just leaning into that and the beauty of connection, the beauty of collectiveness. And like you said, just because I feel like I have something for myself, like don't neglect the rest of the body. Just because I hear this, just because I feel this, don't neglect this. You're like that's mine. I, I would like to make sure that um, so Derek's recording this now. We'll put this out as a separate recording. Um, that passage is also stood out from Hebrews. I think reading that passage, we got a couple of readings at the end. That passage about gathering together and understanding. Like, that's not just talking about church events. There's actually a lot in there that we've got to talk about. Yeah. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Up, up, up. Well, Brad, you can remember about this briefly um, the other day. But I was really just feeling like as I was praying and Through a lot of conversation, through I feel like through the ten days of prayer, 
and being in constant prayer with people every day for 10 days, as well as conversations I've had with people before that and after that. Um, I've just been reflecting kind of like what I have in the last 10 years, 12 years of AOS, and recognizing like, okay, where were the strengths of our community then? Where are the strengths of our community now? Like, how have things changed? How has the world been different seasons? And one of the main things about the Lord was highlighted to me is that, you know, 12 years ago, we all knew how to pray together, and we knew how to worship together, and we knew how to sit down and have a single church and like dig into the Word, but we didn't know how to be friends and just like watch a movie. Um, or like go play a game and not make it weird and have to have like a word from the Lord. That's good. That's good. We want to play people. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, three people. Exactly. And I feel like there over time in wanting to learn how to just be natural community and have natural friendships and learn that it's okay to watch a movie sometimes. That's not like. Facing the giants or something. Um, <laughs> like that's, just, that's allowed. You're allowed to have dinner together. You don't always have to talk about Jesus the whole time. I think there are times and places that we've almost swung too far uh, in trying to like overcorrect from that time in the beginning, where now it's not as natural in some relationships and in some single churches to connect through prayer and worship and really studying the word together and it's more comfortable to just be friends. Um, and yeah, I've just been feeling really convicted both personally as well as like convicted to really try to figure out how to stir our body collectively to both. See us swing back again the other way, where we don't know how to be friends anymore, and all the members sit and play and live for 12 hours together. But, like, let's sit, let's remember how to sit and play in a room for 12 hours, or two hours, or 12 minutes. Yeah. Um, and just not, I don't know, I guess specifically, like, prayer and playing, as well as, like, feasting and fasting. That's good. Overcoming the mind of, like, yes, I want us to know how to pray, and I want us to know how to play. Equally, want us to know how to feast together and have beautiful dinners where we can invite people who don't know Jesus, and it's just wonderful. Also, are we fasting together? Wow. Or, like, this fast for the last 10 days was like the first time I've fasted since we fasted for weeks ago. The first time I fasted collectively with people, and that feels off balance to me the fact that I have dinner with people every week more than once every two years. Uh, yeah, that's all. That's, that's good. Let me, let me comment on that to take that a little bit further. I think that culturally, I remember when we first started, nobody here, except for Jamie Swank and Jay White, were the only people who even thought about watching a football game. Yeah. Right? And so they're like, okay, well, this is not something I'm going to be doing yes. this group Jamie people. White is doing Pagiana. Pagiana, thank you. Sorry, Harry. Um, and, and all those things, I remember like, the importance of like, figuring out how we grow to a place where we have like, a game night. Here's the thing, though. We can't have the Steelers game and game night be more culturally significant than the times we get together to pray. We can't allow that, that pendulum to swing that really good. And whether, and you can replace anything. Like, you can replace, oh, I just want to go for a walk in the woods. And so, like, whatever it is, 
I think it's just important as a part of what we're talking about today. That, again, walking through that list earlier, starting at an individual place. Now, what are the high places in my life that need to be torn down? What are the places that have become out of order in my life? That doesn't mean they're a bad thing. Guys, family can become a high place in your life. Your marriage can become a high place in your life. Your growth in ministry can be high. Anything that keeps us from worshiping, worshiping Him and giving Him everything He's do, right? For most of us in the room, the enemy is not going to come with this obvious, like, overtly satanic thing. He's going to try to lure us with the good to take us from the best. Yep. And I think it's really important, as we hear what Katie is saying, that we think about that the collective place, we think about that through each of those places. Or the, 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 we start with the individual, and we think about collectively. What are places that we need to see restored yeah. collectively, mm. right? Um, and I think that's, that's a good part of this. Yes, yes, young lady. Um, in the class, not usually the houses, but the season before, I was struggling quite hard with feeling like extremely on the outside and like very left out. And then I was like, oh, I thought being simple for food fix all these problems and I'm not even making sense. <laughs> um, and it was like so difficult to people. And I was like, Lord, I don't understand what I'm doing. What I'm wrong, what I'm not doing. I was like, Jesus, I don't understand. Got to this like place of acknowledging like I was just waiting for someone to like reach out and to like love me. And that like the Lord was already reaching out and loving me. And I think that in this place, as there's people that like feel hyper-connected like in community and they're having dinners and they're having game nights, and then the people who aren't and feel really left out with acknowledging like, oh, all of this and all the serving with us with yourself, like whether it's making sure you have time to be in communion with us with your two or three, whether it's with your simple church, like it all needs to flow if it's going to be healthy, which also leads to discipleship from like a core root confidence that like Jesus loves you and like even desires you. And I know for me, the Lord is like, Abigail, you have the lens of being alone. And like being unloved and being unworthy. And if you have that lens, you're going to see every interaction through that lens. Yep. And so you're going to find it. Yep. Yeah. But if you take off that lens and you take my lens of being loved and being confident in who you are, then that means that whether you're getting invited to all things or you're getting invited to none of the things, it doesn't affect how you view your own worth and value. And whenever you say that I'm loved, you're going to find more opportunities that you feel loved. Um, and then like in that, that helped me like, know, oh, if I'm waiting for someone to reach out to me, I've heard so many times, I've just been like, well, no one reaches out to me. You're the someone that someone wants to reach out to you. <laughs> like, you, you're, like, everyone's waiting on somebody. Be the someone that reaches out. Be the someone that shows up. Be someone that pours in and that pursues. And that, like, that also means that, like, you don't just be intentional whenever you're doing great. Like, some of my most connected and amazing times have ever been in a basement of a house and weeping. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm in the kitchen. Or like, something like that. And I'm reaching out like, oh, let's hang out. But also I'm reaching out like, I just really need to be open and vulnerable with you. I'm really feeling alone or I'm really doing something and I need like prayer. Because people, some people do notice and some people are waiting for someone to notice. Um, so I think, yeah, so I think faithful and then little interactions, being faithful 
in at the time saying, oh, I feel really alone. And I'm waiting for someone to reach out to me, for someone to invite me to a movie night, for someone to invite me to breakfast. How can I invite others into my life and myself into others' lives? Because, like, I know so many people in this church that you either feel extremely in or extremely out. And I think that, like, the Bible talks about, like, if you're going to invite people, you just don't just invite the people that you would, like, think to invite, the ones that are, like, your homies. Like, invite the ones that don't have anyone. And I think if you can start practicing seeing who feels on the outside and including them, our church would be a completely different place. And we would be healthier to disciple for their homies. And we'd be healthier to welcome others into the body of Christ. Because we're in a culture that's searching for connection. We're made for connection. And if we can steward our connection, and if we can steward our connection with the Lord and with each other, and allow the interactions that we have with each other to flow out of that connection with the Lord, that we can prescribe new lenses to the ones around us, and they'll prescribe new lenses to the ones around them, like, oh, I'm loved, and I'm wanted, and I'm worthy, because that's who God says I am, and because that's who God says I am. I can reach out whenever I feel alone. I can reach out whenever I feel great. Like it just it can be a both prayer. And it can be so simple. Um, and it doesn't have to be for your own doing. Uh, it's because of the first I'm standing because I'm not seeing people. So I have two words, wisdom and unity, and I really feel like we are at such an interesting tipping point right now as a community, and so it's really crucial for us, first of all, to be in unity, and I think that's part of why we're having this conversation, which I appreciate. Um, so I feel like our prayer, one of our prayer focuses should be just that. If God bring us together, that we would be of one mind and one spirit and one heart in this community. And that, I don't know exactly what that's supposed to look like, but I know we have a lot of different opinions and perspectives of what AOX should or shouldn't look like. But it's not about my opinion, and it's not about my perspective. It's about where she's going and how I follow him into that place. So if we can all get on board with following Jesus into that, whatever that tipping point is. Um, so I also want to just encourage us, because this this community tends to be a magnet, I've noticed, for creativity, and uh, for people who uh, run their own businesses, and people who are you know, working in those types of capacities. And so we all have really grand ideas or good ideas or problems that uh, we know how to solve problems. We can come up with solutions. We can, we can easily sit here and brainstorm a hundred really good ideas for what AOX should do. What rhythms should we do? What should this church look like? This body and believers look like? And uh, so that brings us to wisdom. And that's something we've been talking about on Sunday mornings. And, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago we were studying Proverbs 8. And that really had a profound impact on me. And I think part of wisdom is God leading us to ask him the right questions. And that was something that I've been realizing is that I've been asking him the wrong questions. And, you know, in the beginning of the year... God was saying we're, we're supposed to be walking backwards with our eyes closed but it wasn't until 
August or September that I was like, wait, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that look like? How do I do that? I, I've been, you know, you know, it's been kind of circulating around, but it's like, uh, I don't know what that even means. So I asked him, and he's like, you're finally asking the right question. Like, oh, okay. Like, um, and so just really seeing through the eyes of wisdom, getting up on that hilltop, and seeing through the eyes of wisdom instead of what is my good idea and what is, because I call myself an idea person. I'm really good at, not with my own problems, but with your problems, I can come up with 5,000 solutions for you. Maybe not 5,000, but a lot. But that's useless. That's completely useless. My ideas are useless. So um, I really want to lean into wisdom. And so one last thought uh, on a the personal level of, I just wanted to share this uh, thing with you because I thought maybe, well, it'll at least reinforce it in my heart, but maybe it will encourage you in this direction. Um, last week, I was praying and talking with Jesus, and I felt like he was asking, you know, I've been on this really intense journey of inner healing, and just growing, and in context of this community thinking, you know, I want to be more connected. I often feel like I'm the person who's on the outside looking in and not really part of anything. And, um, but I felt like the Holy Spirit led me to ask him, well, why do I want other people to love me? Why do I want to be part of all of these things? Why do I want to be on the in? And it's so I can feel good about myself. It's so I can feel loved. Well, that's not the right answer. <laughs> so I have, I'm on a journey of repentance. So I, you know, I, I just lay that before you. I'm on a journey of repentance. And if you need to be on that journey with me, please be on that journey with me. Um, of realizing I want inner healing because I want to feel good and safe. I want God to be my help and my shield and my defender and all of those things because I want to have a safe, comfortable, happy life. And guess what? We're in a war. Yeah. Our life isn't supposed to be safe, happy, and comfortable. So I, I'm on the process of being undone. I'm not fully undone because I'm not on my face sweeping at the moment, but God is working on me. He's pulling the threads. He's like, uh, you know... This isn't about you. No, this is you're, you say you're following me, but you're holding a mirror in front of your face. Mm. Oh, so <laughs> there we go. Oh, we'll stop with that. <laughs> Anybody else? That was really good. Uh, does everyone say anything? That was <laughs> Micah. I don't put you on the spot. Could you share even about your your conversation with me about your simple church? Is super encouraging. Just about how you guys have felt before you finish that process. Sharing stories and just like where you felt like that was great, going through that process, how how that was like really bringing you to a beginning point. Sure. Okay. Uh, Sorry, Micah. It's okay. Yeah, I was telling about that. So we did. John and Janine Weissner are part of our church, and John kind of encouraged me a while ago. He was like, hey, you know, I've done a lot, you know, done some 
just sharing stories and talks are really fruitful and you know maybe we should think about doing that. So you know, we we kind of decided to, you know, to venture on that route. And when I say sharing stories, I mean each week of Simple Church was one person or one couple had the floor for the whole time to share like the deepest, most vulnerable parts of their stories, or or not. Like I mean, you know, according to the comfort, like the level they felt comfortable. Um, but it was just, a, I mean, it was, it felt like it, it, it was hard. I feel like when we broached the subject with everyone, we got a lot of this, like, <laughs> you know, like kind of like we're gonna do what? And, uh, but um, yeah, with every every week that went by, that's a brochure, we just felt more and more connected. Uh, in the last week, uh, Carl and Stephanie Patrick shared their stories um, with us, and I just after that, Rich and I were just like, wow, it just felt like it was like it was like almost like the work was done, like not you know like in this moment, like everyone's everyone's done this, shared their stories, and now it feels like this is a springboard for our community, for our, for our, our house church, you know, our small group of people that are kind of doing life more more often and in a, in a more intimate way for us to really move for something together because we're not just people showing up in the same place, we're people that know each other in, in a different way than people that know So that was a pretty powerful thing, you know. Sometimes you know you can you can get there over a long period of time through just proximity, <laughs> but there was something about the intention of saying everyone saying, "Okay, I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna show really vulnerably," and that's kind of scary with people that like you know we like are growing relationship, and we're not like it's not like everyone in the room is like super close, you know. Um, and I think just saying yes to that was uh, was a really special thing for others. That's true. Anybody else have anything to, to share with Isabel? Um, sorry, I really fast. Um, as I've been bringing into this a little bit, I have been thinking a lot about family. And I'll start this by saying I know I have like zero right to say any of this. So I don't have children. I have no children. Like, um, I think like one of the things that's a little daunting about the, the thought of having a family, and I'm sure this is like true for a lot of young single people, is like the responsibility that comes with having children. And like you, you can't you can't wake up one day and choose not to be a mom. You can't wake up one day and choose not to be a dad. Like. You are, you have a child and you are required to be that for the rest of your life. And, I don't know, as I was just thinking about that, I was just thinking about our church and what it would look like if we, like, took that radical responsibility for family, hmm. like, within this community of, like, I wake up every single day and I don't get the choice to be part of this church, to be there for the people around me or to not. Like, I have a space for that right now. Like, you're allowed to not have space. You're allowed to not have emotional space. But, like, like seeing this as, like, this is a, our responsibility to take care of one another and to love one another and to, to wait and choose to love each other like, like we're family and, like, we're mother and sister and, like, we're mother and um, Yeah, that's it. Anybody else have anything? All right, let me let me uh, 
share a couple things that I think are really thank you for sharing. This was really important to hear what you've been praying through. And um, my conversation with Micah was really strategic because I had really been crying out to the Lord. Um, I love what Andrew said. Andrew said, We all have a thousand ideas, whatever it should be, it should be. And something that I believe is like AOX does not belong to me. Um, so it's not my church. I understand I have a level of responsibility and leadership that I'm humbled to walk in. But I think one of the things I've been having conversations about with um, some of my mentors and some people I just said are trying to help steward what we, our community looks like is like there's enough of what we're doing that feels pretty similar to like, you know, just like, you know, church, it is. That if we don't outline like those aims of what we're after, it just is like almost like we can forget. And it would be so much easier for like one or two people to make all the decisions and you kind of just decided, do I want this or do I not want this? And then you would just go find something you like. But that's not what families. And Luke wrote me a letter yesterday. And one of the things that he wrote down in this letter was just about like the whole grace to the pace. Some of you guys remember it was season of one of the words that were speaking over us from the story of, of Jacob where he told Esau to go ahead because he had to travel at a pace that his family could keep up with. And I think that sometimes maybe the grace to the pace thing can be like a uh, easy way to move into carelessness or to not be attentive, but there's also a reality of like, if we're going to do this together, man, it is just full of inconveniences. But I believe we are close. Yeah. Not to having things figured out, but we're close to getting really clear on some stuff that Angie was saying. This is about following Jesus together. The word that the Lord has got to keep giving me a picture that I've been praying for us. And I remember when Michael was sharing, he's like, you know, we were in a place like, man, what are we doing? Is this, is this really making an impact at all? And then Carl and they finished the thing that God had showed them to do. And it's like, when they finished that, I was like, oh, now we feel like we're at the beginning of like, you know, how fun with Jesus. And just like, we can feel really like, what are we doing? But we just need to stay faithful to the thing that God, to the step that God's told us to finish. Yeah. And I think that's really important. So as I've been praying, and I, I started to hear this morning as Micah was sharing with me, just the idea of a caravan. Mm. Like, we're not defined in our journey because of our spiritual gifts. We're not defined in our journey because we all have the same political outlooks. What connects is the fact that we have decided to follow Jesus. And we're trying to figure out what it means to do that together. For some of us, we're at a place individually in our journey where having a bunch of kids running around brings so much joy and it's the thing that brings life to the surface of our heart. And for other people, having kids running around feels exhausting and draining. But our call to steward what's happening in the next generation is not based on how I'm feeling today about today or when we pray, God said the lonely in family, and then we get frustrated because people are acting rejected. Like we are just showing to ourselves, like we're seeking the Lord with a mirror in front of ourselves. I love that picture. 
That's really good. Because when we ask God to put the lonely in the midst of family, they're going to have to work through all their stuff of feeling like an orphan. And are we signing up for that or not? Wow. Like, you know what I'm saying? We can't reject the rejected because we are frustrated with them being rejected. It's really good, Brad. The only thing we have to receive, or the only thing we have to share, is remembering that we're what we need to receive. And so we get to do that together. So this idea of a caravan, and like, you know, I wasn't hoping that we would come today, take a straw poll, and know, okay, here are the rhythms we're going to commit to. Okay, here's what the new simple churches are going to be. <laughs> Some of the simple churches are just in a starting place. Others are in a place of shifting. I've been really, I have been really thinking this about as though it was interesting what you said. I feel like there's places where we have, um, there's places where God wants to tear down silos within our community. We have a lot of people in similar places in life that all tend to have the same resources and tend to have the same deficits. And I think there's a way, I don't think it has to be in simple church necessarily, but I kind of look at like, I look at the people who talk to me and their parents are like, we're just exhausted because we have nothing left. And then I had the privilege of being with the Grand Street Simple Church for the last month. Their passion for Jesus is just like, I go in there, I don't care how tired I am, I go in there and I weep because of the buy-in that they have for Jesus. But they're crying out for like older people to speak into their lives. And again, that doesn't have to be in the context of simple church. I'm like, we're gonna we're gonna miss it if we only connect with people in our stage of life. Yeah. Because like we all like we're in a certain stage of life that we got what we got. Yeah. And we can either regret what we don't have or miss what we don't have or what we used to have, or we can mourn and regret what we don't have yet. Mm. But if we learn to share with each other, each joint supplying the need of each other, we, we come against the we come against the, the BS of capacity. Yeah, come on, come on. Because there is a place there's healthy boundaries that we can set. And I, I felt the Lord was like, please remember that Jesus said, no one takes my life, but I lay it down. That is maybe one of the single most important things I've ever learned. Because when people take things from me, that's not okay. That's called robbery. And so there's places where we need to set boundaries because like, it's not okay for someone to take If I have set aside time for a, a date with Adrian, it's not okay that someone's taking that time for me. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. But one of the greatest things we can do as a family is choose to share yep. what we've been given. Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so it's not that we should live with no boundaries or no limits, but if you are waiting until you have capacity to be able to participate, all he has to do is keep you from capacity and he's taking you Yep. And so learning how to share with each other, learning that like him, we don't have enough. My mom was telling the story, Abby's still good at asking questions at dinner. And she asked, you know, it was my birthday yesterday, so she asked a question last night when they remembered. And mom talked about how the church, I guess when my sister was going to church, because she had family around, didn't work in a shared meal with them. Um, because, but they didn't know that my mom's family was all going to be out of town like, because they came home from the hospital. So dad walked into a store to pick something up and happened to see the pastor's wife and a friend. And they saw how bad he looked and they decided, oh, I guess we should do meals for him, right? <laughs> I don't want us to wait until we see how bad you're doing before we know how to respond in love. Yeah, yeah that's good. Should we respond to needs? Absolutely. But there's a way of showing up with each other that isn't just based on, like, how desperate are you. And if it gets really urgent, then we'll respond. But where we can learn to, like, allow the fabric of our life. Again, 
This is in the context of we're not trying to build an organization. But we are trying to organize our lives so we can follow Jesus together in a way that each joint supplies it in the other. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I want to say that again because I think it's really true. We're not trying to build an organization. If we are, we do a really poor job of it. And our, and, our, and our ambitions are always going to be in conflict. Because you can't disciple, equip, and send out or be willing to send out if you're trying to build yourself. Right? Yeah. So we're not trying to build an organization, but we are trying to organize our lives in a way that he gets glory and the body gets filled up. Does that make sense? So I would like to submit that what Katie said really rang true with me, and I don't, I'm not... I'm not laying it out like, here's what's going to happen, but can we take a week or two to pray about what some collective consecration could look like? Oof. Like, there was something really beautiful about aligning ourselves. Jared was one on this trip. I thought it was a good opportunity for us to come and both support and align with what Jared was doing. And also, we got to be a part of 373 other cities and regions during that 10 days. But I know for some of you, you didn't really feel connected to it, so it's like, yeah, if I, if I have capacity, I'll do it. If I don't, I won't. Can we take the next two weeks and pray about some time this fall where we can say, hey, this isn't because anybody else is doing this. Like, I just want to hear from the Lord, and I believe I'll end with this. That week in Proverbs 8 rocks me. Because I've been crying out for wisdom, but Proverbs 8 says wisdom is crying Hmm. And understanding is raising her voice from the top of the hill at the place where the crossroads meet. If I ever feel like I'm asking God for something that I have to pry from his hands, I've missed the point. It's the wrong type of desperation. God is looking for fervency and prayer that flows from our assurance of his generosity and character to give. So we're talking about wisdom. I'm just picturing the woods at my house. There's a path at the top of the woods that I'm just picturing wisdom at the top of the hill, raising her voice. And I was looking for me. Where, is it, where am I at? And I was just in the midst of this carnival. And I'm crying out for wisdom, and wisdom's raising her voice, but I'm in some place I can't hear it. And the Lord's asking me to move away from the noise. That's really good. So, could we make an action step? Two things. Please write this down or we'll make sure, we'll make sure we get it out. One, are there high places in our lives that need to be brought down? Are there high places that we've allowed other things to have a place that they don't, that doesn't belong? Anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, right? What does that look like for us individually? What does that look like for us in the midst of those three three relationships? What does that look like with us in our simple churches? What does that look like for us together? Are there high places we need to come down to? What would it look like for us to have a time? where we can have some collective consecration. Mm-hmm. Don't wait to say yes to Jesus till we have that figured out. But we will try to figure out a good way to hear some responses. We, I will be listening in prayer. But I think this is something that I felt like the Lord was saying to me when we're talking about erosion and like strengthening and growing the core of our community. I have zero desire, and I don't think you want me to be, but I have zero desire to be a spiritual toyhead. I'm not trying to guide you to things and point you to things. And if you want to go, then you'll go. I want to follow Jesus together with people in a way that brings honor to him. Amen. And I believe that you want that too. But we're at a place right now where we need to see. I'm not talking again. I'm not talking about buy-ins, building AOX as a church. 
I'm talking about buy-in's journey together as a family so that Jesus gets honored. And he gets, he gets praised. I want to see the gospel spread. There are people all over Grove City, all over West Middlesex, all over Newcastle. There are people that pass through our sphere all the time that don't know Jesus. It would be great if God would allow us to have the opportunity of sharing what we can Amen. Speak. Amen. So let's pray. Any, any questions or comments before we do that? Brad, one thing that just hit me really hard collectively from what everybody has said is this, it's not about what motivates me. It's who motivates me. Mm. Not about what motivates me. It's about who motivates me. It's That's really good. Yeah. I shared this example the other day. I've been really encouraged by watching Robert follow through with some little faithful things that, not little faithful things faithfulness in the little things it's important to know the difference between the person but one of the things that put in his heart is just to show up for some telling parties yeah. and he and I were talking a couple weeks ago about how somebody suggested putting all the tracks out and you know get t-shirts made it's like for that type of mission to be really effective the most authentic thing we can do is just do that as friends and it not be an AOX official. Does that make sense? But understand, that's what we are officially choosing to embrace. We are choosing to embrace that lifestyle of authentic overflow versus trying to have a bunch of official AOX ministries. Does that make sense? So if we don't remember that, we'll always be frustrated by what we're not doing instead of learning it's not what motivates me, it's who motivates me. It's really good. And if I can understand that maybe maybe tell me parties aren't my thing, well, you know, it doesn't have to be. But can your heart be tender to support and carry, encourage yeah. what a brother or a sister is carrying and figure out how we can show up in the midst of them? Yeah. Right? Angie's crying out for some people to help. Not because she expects our church to provide free volunteers for her business, but because this thing that she carries for her business is part of what God's put in her heart. Yeah. And she doesn't want to try to do it alone. You're like, I don't, a theater's not in my heart. Well, maybe theater's not in your heart, but it's Angie in your heart. And just like we said, if the nations are in your heart, show up. If you think, well, Angie sings, Angie sings. How can we alter our lives for each other so that he gets glory? Does that make sense? People need the Lord. Yeah. And there are people that Angie will reach without a theater that will never come to To our doors, or honestly to the doors of any other church, even in a nice little group city. But we can encounter, we can become an encounter to those people. All right? Let's pray. Uh, while I'm praying, here's what I want you to do. I want you to just launch your prayer. But now I also want you to be praying about who's going to answer the question of who can help stay and clean up. So no one will be surprised when I ask the question. Okay. You ready to pray? All right. Jesus, thank you for this conversation. I thank you. That, um, I thank you for everyone who took time to pray. God, I know there were people that didn't share the prayer. And God, I thank you for these invitations. Like the Lord was saying, this was the first of this type of invitation, but it would not be the last. God, in a way that would honor you, I pray that you would grow a healthy stewardship of the culture that you called call us to walk in. That it would reflect heaven's family. 
God, I pray that you pour out leadership on our church. I pray for every gift and grace that you've released for us to steward those things well. Would you speak to us about high places that we can be torn down? And would you speak to us about how we can grow in setting ourselves apart together? We love you. We honor you. We pray in Jesus' name.